Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It's 1235 in Edmonton. Two quick texts. The first from Dino Bambino, who says he's reading us loud and clear with 630 Chad, 30 minutes east of North Battleford. Hopefully, I can still hear you all the way to Saskatoon, says Dino. Bambino, and he adds, Ryan Fanti, is this guy 22 or 32? He's very well-spoken. Well, I'm, that's, I agreed. I thought Fanti was an excellent uh, guy to interview. Haji has uh, texted us. I asked about what can Ryan McLeod be. Now, I think he can be a third-line center. Haji says, Bob, McLeod has all the sco- skills and tools to be a number two center, just like Bouchard has the skills and tools to be a number two or three defender. However, like you alluded to yesterday, both players need to have grit, physicality, and some gainsmanship if they're ever going to reach their true potential. I, I drew a comparable only in the type of goal for McLeod. That second goal, he looked like Mark Messier, you know, uh, who had that ability as a left shot to open up the goaltender with speed and slide it in five-hole on breakaways. He's, and Haji says, Bob, Messier created so much time and space for himself and his line mates with his physical cough cup euphemism uh, edge. If McLeod can skate uh, through some D-man and finishes checks, his turnovers on the forecheck will de- drastically increase. Likewise, if Bouchard ever realizes he's six foot three and 195 pounds and develops even a hint of truculence, his effectiveness in the D-zone will improve, and it'll assist his transition game as it'll buy him some time and space and limit the amount of time the orders are chasing in their D-zone. Maybe Bruce Banner could fire some gamma rays into the Oilers dressing room, says Haji. All right, a little bit of a, a reference. Now, is that Spider-Man? Is that what we're talking about, Bruce Banner, or was that the Hulk? And Maybe it was the Hulk. I think it was the Hulk. No one's ever mistaken our next guest as the Hulk. Uh, as, as opposed to myself, who some of us suggest has become the incredible bulk. Uh, we go to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Hello, Mr. Spector. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Bobby, what's going on? All right. That's, uh, I asked the listeners today after Ryan McLeod's performance, uh, two goals and assists, three, three points overall. What can this guy become? So, Mark, the floor is yours. What can he become? Uh, well, it's funny because on a team where the centermen are, uh, you know, McDavid, Drysettle, and R&H, um, I'm not sure that, you know, he can be a centerman if you want him to play more. I mean, that seems to be already the issue in this young player's career. Like, everyone loves the way he's playing. So do I. He's growing. He's improving. He's starting to, you know, he went through those defensemen last night with a head of steam like he... You know, that's what we've been looking to see, Bob. But there's only so many minutes for a fourth-line center on this team. So I'm going to say to you that, you know, I may – you know what? Is Evander Kane coming back next year, or does he move up to left wing, Bob? Maybe that's where we're going to see more of uh, more of young Ryan McLeod than at uh, fourth-line center. What do you think? Well, when he scored the, the, the breakaway goal where he – you know, real good play by Yamamoto at the end of the power – by the way, the, the owner's power play is 5 for 10 in the last three games, spec. The second unit has scored two of the five goals. They have, indeed. That's handy, isn't it? Yes, but, I mean, 
as he scored, and remember, Messi wore 11, McLeod wears 71, and as a left-handed shot, as he cut across and opened the goaltender up with speed, that's uh, that's the only time we've seen that goal scored about 200 times by Mark Messier over the years on breakaways, including all we need to do is go to the Chicago 1990 Game 4 playoffs uh, in the old building there in Chicago Stadium, and Mark scored two like that in that game. And the whole key is he attacked with speed, and that opens up the goalie as a result. That's about as much as the speed and that second digit in the number from McLeod and Messier. That's where the comparable stops. But my question is, where, where can he go as a player? Like, can he become... Do you think he can score 20 goals in his NHL career? Well, let's see, right? I don't. I won't say no. I, I'm all. I'm so against limiting young players and pigeonholing guys. You know, remember Darnell Nurse? He's never going to be any good. And uh, we've had all these discussions. I'm, he's too young to say what he can't do. Uh, <laughs> that's for darn sure, Bobby. Like, you know, he'll get some confidence and go on some goal scoring jags here. Uh, as he gets more ice time, he'll get more, you know, he'll spend more time, you know, who were his wingers last night? Fogel and uh, Ryan? I, uh, right? It was, yeah, Fogel and Derek yeah, Ryan. Fogel and Ryan, yeah. yeah. So those are nice wingers, but you know what? If he's, Whatever he scores for those two wingers, if he gets on a line with Hyman and Dreisaitl, he'll score more. So, yeah, it scored 20. Absolutely. Why couldn't he? Well, he's a real interesting piece because, obviously, you're looking at McDavid, Dreisettel, Nugent Hopkins down the middle, and that is a huge strength for the Edmonton Oilers. The maturation on the right side with Paul Yarvey and Yamamoto, and they seem to be kind of been alternating as to who's more noticeable. And last night was a big night for Jesse because two primary assists, one with McDavid, one with Dreisettel, and you know, at times, it, it's looked like there's been an ill fit, despite the fact, Mark, that there's overwhelming statistical evidence to suggest that Paul Yarvey's been quite effective with McDavid and with Drysaddle and with Nugent Hopkins. And all those guys' numbers, possession-wise, go up when they're with Jesse. But for me, those were two important goals because he was the primary playmaker on those goals. Yeah, I want to see I want to see some creativity from Puljujarvi, and that's what you saw. You know, the first one was a bit of a broken play. Puljujarvi lost the puck, in fact, and then got it back nicely. And all of a sudden, McDavid's hanging around below everybody, and you know, it was a nice. He fired the puck at him, and McDavid scored. Nice play. The second one was a very creative play. He clearly spotted Drysaddle's stick at the far post and wired a pass right in the tape. Uh, you know, I think we've seen Puljujarvi score goals. We've seen his shot. You know, we see that he checks hard and he tries hard and all those things. I want to see a guy that makes his line mates better. I want to see a guy that, that a centerman wants to play with because it's not just feeding Jesse. It's going both ways. And I get it. There's lots of great analytics on Jesse Puljujarvi. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't liked his game much in the last two months. But I liked his game last night. And I, I like the fact that he made his teammates better last night, right? He he distributed the puck a little bit last night, and that's an important step for me watching Jesse Puyarvi. How about Mark? You know what? He missed 12 games. He missed a month with a lower body issue. He needed a few games to get going. Is that a fair perspective to have? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, if yeah, listen, guys get injured. Some guys take longer. I, I'm all about hockey sense with with Jesse Puljujarvi. Sure. And I, you know what? He always plays with the best players, and that to me, I think it's a well known fact that your analytics always get pumped up when you're playing with good guys. And I want to see him. You know, I want. I, and I just said what I said. I, I want to see him show me that he's making everyone else better around the team. 
I think the play's been, over the past couple months, the play's died a lot on his stick. Frankly, in the offensive zone, it didn't last night. Right? Well, it didn't last night. You talked about, you know, he plays with the best players, and so there's a strong argument from the analytics community that Paul Yarvey must be in the top six. Many of those same individuals say, well, the only reason why Nurse's numbers are good is because he always plays with McDavid. So you can't have it both ways either, nope. right? So, I mean, I, I'm i intrigued by Paul Yarvey, right? And well, who isn't? He's got, he's got every tool in the tool chest, Bobby. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. And that said, it's kind of like, the you know, between Paul Yarvey and Yamamoto, and they're both restricted free agents, they've both kind of alternated a little bit in runs this year, Mark, in terms of who's been going hot. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, Yamamoto uh, did not have a good start. Remember, he came to camp and said, I'm going to shoot the puck more, and about 30 games in, he was shooting the puck less. <laughs> and it, it wasn't going in. And he was like, wait a second, what happened? You worked in your shot all summer, and you're not using it. And uh, he's he's really picked it up. You know, he's on a bit of a heater, I get that, but his game's better. You know, he's got that tenacious game, and... And, you know, I think the one thing about Yamamoto that you can see is even when it's not going in for him, he does overtly help the players on he his He retrieves line. pucks. Yeah, yeah. he, he makes pucks. the guys with him better. Guys really, you know, we've heard Dreisaitl say a hundred times how much he likes to play with Yamamoto. I want to hear guys saying that about Pugliarvi more and mean it. Seven goals, 13 points in his last 10 games with Kyler Yamamoto. Bob Stoffer, okay. Spectre with you. Speck, there was a comical moment in last night's game. So first of all, Kane gets involved in the play right at the end of the second period where Clayton Keller was already going down. And it, if you didn't see it directly, you wouldn't have realized that Kane didn't do anything to send Keller to the ice. Keller basically toe-picked and fell himself, okay? He bailed. No, no, no. I saw I watched that replay. Yeah. I, and I don't mean it in a bad way. He's a small player who saw a big player coming to crush him, and yeah. he bailed. He so went he, low and bailed. Like, and then all his I would teammates, have bailed, too. And then all of us, <laughs> I know he would have. And then all of us, <laughs> some other guys would just try to get underneath the guy's chin and drill him. But, uh, I mean, Keller's not going to do that at 165 pounds soaking away. No, no, no. He, he was self-preservation for Keller on that play. He plays a little like Johnny Goodrow. That's that's who he kind of reminds me of. Like, sure. he's a pretty effective little player. Uh, so, Kane's in the box, coincidental minors. Then he gets three consecutive penalties in a row. I mean, that was, you know what? It was funny because Edmonton was up 5-1 at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you would have been losing it if it was a one-goal game. But because the orders were, like, I was like, Evander, you got to get off the ice coming off that third consecutive minor penalty that gave them a power play. Just go straight off the ice. Don't stand because he literally did not get off the ice after each penalty and ended up going right back. It, it was funny, Mark. You know, and, and maybe given the situation, the game, the opponent, maybe there's nothing wrong with a little bit of levity once in a while. You can't tell me the guys weren't having some fun with him after. Oh, come on. Every time you're right, he goes out and he can't get off the ice because the puck's in his own zone. And he's, uh, uh, you know, before the play's over, he's on his way back to the box. I've never seen it. Uh, I sent a note to Sportsnet Stats to see if they could tell me if it's any kind of a record. What was it, 741? Four penalties, something like that? Yeah. Uh, it was 744 minors and 741. I've never t- seen that That before. is tough. That is tough, tough to do. All right, it's 1246 in Edmonton. When we come back in orders now, Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Uh, Century Downs in Calgary has got a live standard bed racing. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. There you go. We got took care of all the business there for you. When we come back, we're going to talk about goaltending and a new goaltender when we return on Oilers Now. 
All right, speaking of Bruce Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had, 9990 Jasper Avenue. The 99th Bruce Chris opened up in North America. You can uh, tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you again. The greatest steak you've ever had, Roos Chris Steakhouse. And guests on the show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Quickly in the Oilers now, injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. They're the best. That's all there is to it. Trent Brown, of course, the CFL All-Star Safety, won a great cup back in 1993. The Eskimos, probably the best player the U of A has produced over the last 40 years. U of A Golden Bears hockey coach, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach Ian Herbers. He was on Todd McClellan's staff uh, in Edmonton. Uh, he will join us today. Uh, we're going to bring Speck in because Speck has uh, been an observer of the Bears for the last 40-plus years as well. Speck, how about this? Alberta flies across the country as the number one-ranked team. They play Acadia, who's the home team on Olympic ice surface. Acadia has won one game since Christmas. They've only played about six. <laughs> a bunch of their best players in the Atlantic left because of the provincial uh, health regulations. There, a lot of guys didn't think they'd get a completion until the season, so they went and signed in the, in minor pro ECHL. Okay. Uh, the Golden Bears have two guys that were with their team at the start of the year. Matthew Wedman's playing in the Senators organization in the A. a guy named Brandon Cutler's playing for Uti- or for Vancouver's farm team. Uh, but the Bears are playing a team that's won one game since Christmas, and they lost their number one goalie and five forwards. And they're the host team, but they're playing on Olympic ice surface. So you never know what you're going to get. All, nope. the pr- all the pressure, obviously, on Alberta, uh, who have been dominant in the second half of the year since no Well, Fulton they're a good team every year. They walk in the door at any of these championships, no matter where they're held, and everyone looks over at that logo and says, oh, boy. Yeah. These guys are Mark, these guys are here every year. Mark, there's good Bears teams, and then there's really good Bears teams. This is a really yep. good this is a trust me. This okay. is a really good Bears team. And hey, I got a piece of news for you. Go for Change it. Change subject. Uh Sportsnet Stats just emailed me back on these four Evander Kane penalties. Yes. In seven forty one. Okay, listen to this. Since NHL expansion in nineteen sixty seven, sixty eight, Kane's seven forty one game time to get four separate minor penalties is the shortest time in the National Hockey League. Prior to last night, the shortest time was 8.48 by John Blum with the Bruins in 87-88. So, if you watched the game last night, you witnessed history, Bob. <laughs> now, John Blum uh, played for the New Westminster Bruins in the WHL. He was a former Edmonton Oiler, and if I'm not mistaken, did he not go after Wayne Gretzky one time when he was with Boston? Was oh, that, man, I can't remember. Uh, well, that's why you have me on the show. Useless, <laughs> trivial information that nobody else gives a flying you-know-what about. That's All true. right. Uh, Goaltending. Hey, we just had Ryan Fanti on the show. Real mature poise. Oh, this guy really? unbelievable run to close out his NCAA. Anytime your goals against the average is below two and your save percentage is at 929 and you've had seven shutouts during the year. Spec, here's what happened. Now, Minnesota Duluth had a powerhouse program. They won the championships in 18 and 19, NCAA National Championship. By the way, Alberta beat them both. Both years in the fall. Uh, anyhow, they were not a powerhouse this year. They had sort of a down year, except they were really good in goal. And they went to the uh, conference playoffs in order to qualify for the regionals. And Ryan Fanti pitched back-to-back shutouts, including beating the Denver Pioneers, who were a top-five ranked team all year. Then they went to the West Regionals, 
and uh, he pitched another shutout before Carter Savoy beat him with the game winner. Uh, 2-1, uh, Denver got by uh, UMD, uh, the Bulldogs. So end result here is the Oilers end up signing Ryan Fante uh, to a two-year deal. He'll start on an ATO to close out this year and then on an NHL deal the next two years. And I'm told there were multiple teams in on him. So this is a good get for Edmonton. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. Uh, I'm hearing the same thing. I'm actually going to tweet out a player card. We've got a scout um, that came over from the Florida Panthers, Jason Bukala. Yep. Uh, I was working for Sportsnet, and he's got a huge catalog of, uh, of cards on all on players. And it, it's less analytic and more sort of a scouting eye, so it's a little bit of a different look for people. And he he sent me a note today on Ryan Fanti. He said, this guy's a really good goalie. I'll tweet that card out. But uh, everyone I'm hearing from is saying, man, this guy's not a bad player. He's, you know, what's going to happen next year, Bob? Uh, Skinner's waiver eligible. He's the backup, at, at least in Edmonton. And the door is open for uh, Fanti to be uh, to start a full year in Bakersfield. I guess he's got to beat out um, Rodrigue and uh, the Russian cat for that job down there, right? He's Mark. I think he can do that, can he? I've seen them both. Uh, the way Fanti's tracking right now, he's going to have a hell of a chance to do it. Okay. Yeah, he's got okay. the other two guys. Neither neither of those two guys are very big. And yeah. uh, you know what? Big beats small when they have the same ability and they compete. The oh, same. for sure. And listen, why did he choose Edmonton, right? If he had all these teams after him, they all give him the same money, okay? It's not a money right. thing. They all give him the same money. Him and his agent look at the, yeah, they look at the team and they go, geez, what team has the clearest path in goal? Well, what team you think it is? Of course he's coming to Edmonton. Let's talk a bit about goal because Edmonton won 6 1 last night, but Miko Koskinen made 31 saves. And Miko Koskinen is amongst the NHL league leaders in wins this year. Uh, and he hasn't, you know, like he's he's got 37 decisions. He's got 24 wins. I know the numbers haven't, you know, he's sitting at a 901 save percentage, 311 goals against average. To me, that's not all on the goalie. You heard of Andrew Kane yesterday's availability. He made a, you should maybe mention this to the listeners, what Kane did right at the end of his interview when they were talking about the game in Calgary. What did he say? After the game in, wait a second, in Calgary. In Calgary. About the goalies, yeah. He said, every order we've spoken to said, don't look at the goalies in this game. We were terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> he Zach made a, said the same thing, man. Come made, on. Don't, yeah. Don't. He made a point, Mark, of ending. He said, you know, collectively, we didn't get the job done. We weren't there. Uh, we did a poor job defensively. And then he goes, and it wasn't on the goalies. Like, yeah, point, point blank. And so good for Vander on that front. Because uh, it, it is interesting with Miko, Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. The, Smith's got the contract mark for another year. He's been hurt a bunch this year. Co- agree or disagree, Koskinen will be able to get an NHL contract somewhere between $1.5 and $2.5 million per next season. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do for sure. He needs to go in and be a backup somewhere. It won't be here. It won't be here, but I think that Koskinen, I'm, I'm positive that Koskinen will get a job as a number two uh, in the National Hockey League next year, for sure, Bobby. Yeah. Well, Why this not? Will be, this will be an interesting one. It, now, all that said, Mark, you're, you're sitting there looking at it, and the Oilers today have an 899 team save percentage. It's 25th in the NHL. Like, if they make the playoffs, they didn't get enough stops, and, and maybe the, the caliber of opportunity was too much. Uh, but, you know, 
There you well, go. it's how you're playing. It's how you're playing. Like, I'll give you this. Sure, the numbers don't lie. You're 25th, you're 25th. You look at that stat and you go, we got to get better than this for next year. There's no no one's denying that. But it's the same with hockey teams. Sometimes the 8th place team comes in and it's playing better than the 4th place team at the moment. And I would say to you that, you know, Saturday night, throw in the garbage, notwithstanding, it's just, it's just a game you don't, that doesn't figure into things. Uh, if you look at their numbers over the last couple of months, Costner's numbers are pretty good. They're not 25th in the league, right? Right. And Smith hasn't played enough really to count at this point. But if you look at his last three games heading into that Calgary game, when he came in in relief in a dong show of a hockey game, uh, you know, his last three games, I think he let in five goals. So, you know, it, it, yeah, the numbers are great over the whole season, but I don't really care about that going to playoffs. I want to know how the numbers are, uh, you know, as, how are you playing as playoffs start. Mark, I remember, you know, would you have said that back in 2006? You know, sometimes the eighth-place team is playing playoff hockey, grind it away. I recall a guy once, it's the only time you've ever been wrong. All these, well, okay, the only time today that you've ever been wrong. Uh, just kidding with you. But remember, Detroit and Edmonton, <laughs> and Rollison was the superior goaltender in that series, and I thought the orders were all wrong for Detroit, and part of it was because, I'll tell you right now, if Edmonton gets Vegas, I'm not sold that, like, Miko Koskinen's outplayed Robin Lehner twice in Vegas, head-to-head. I'm not going to concede anything in goal against Vegas. Los Angeles, we'll see how Cal Peterson does now that there's a little bit of pressure on him here if he's indeed supplanted Jonathan Quick in goal. A little bit different game for Peterson. L.A.'s been playing with house money. We're going to talk about the Kings, and we're going to talk about the new Kings of CONCACAF when we come back. Yes, Team Canada in soccer, Mark Spector's favorite sport. After a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.